Shall we begin? Why not? Welcome to Frankie Sense and More. It's like she's got a whole lot of goodness for you with a little bit of sass. Frankie, did you just say... She sure did. Not to mention, along with... Whoops. Join us now as Frankie Picasso and her new co-host mix it up with authors, musicians, and interviews with world-changing people. Let's begin Okay, let's begin now, because it only makes sense. Well, hello there, and welcome to Frankie Sense and More. Boy, today we have an action-packed show for you, and I am going to make my introduction brief. But coming up, you are going to meet Sir Isaac Andreke, founder of Engazi Lives Kenya. Rochelle Decker is here, author of The Choosing and the Calling. She's going to talk about her second novel in her series, The Sears. And the latest book, as I said, is called The Calling, and it's the end of the month. So that means our movie correspondent, Brent Marchant, will be visiting us to chat about movies with meaning. Well, as a regular listener, know Frankie Sense and More is aligned with the United Nations Global Goals Initiative. And this year, the Global Goals for Sustainable Development come into effect to achieve three extraordinary things by 2030. They're going to end poverty, combat climate change, and fight injustice and equality. Well, I'm personally excited because 2016 is the year of the Global Girl. If you're an educator, you can go to their website at www.globalgoals.org and download a gender equality lesson plan. 2016 excuse me, is the year of the global girl. And what does this mean for women and girls? Well, it means that from today until 2030, we are going to strive to make every year better for women. But here's the promise. This is what we're fighting for. By 2030, all girls around the world will complete their primary and secondary education. By 2030, infant mortality rates will be reduced from 380 in 100,000 births to less than 70. The face of women will increase in government worldwide, and women will go from representing 22% to over 50%. And last year, 35% of women worldwide experienced violence, and this is down from 2000, but in 2030, no women will experience violence. It's a great time to be a girl, and I'm excited by the prospect of our future. Well, I am very excited to introduce my first guest to you, Sir Isaac Ondeche, who is the founder of Engaza Lives Kenya. Sir Isaac was born in a small town in the western part of Kenya, and he's the youngest of 11 children. His family was poor, and as a result, he was unable to attend high school. However, he is a talented musician, singing, playing drums, bass, piano, guitar, and he served as a musician with the Gospel Fire International Ministries. He became a Christian in 1990 and was the music director and leader for several churches until 1996 when he had a chance for a short-term theological training run by Reach Ministries in partnership with the Dallas Theological Seminary in Dallas, Texas. It's here that he conceived the vision of Angaza Lies Kenya also called ALK. So welcome, Sir Isaac. I'm really excited to talk to you about your foundation. How are you? Very well. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate Frankie Pisako and um, my sister. I really appreciate that. Well, you know, it's really great to have you here, and I want to thank you. I know that you're in Australia, and it's about 2 o'clock in the morning, and you were excited to do the show, and I'm excited that you were oh, excited. Yeah. So thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited to be here, and thank you so much for having me on this show. I really appreciate that. Why don't you tell folks the meaning of Angaza? It's a Swahili word, isn't it? Yes, it's a Swahili word that means illuminate or uh, brighten or... Uh, uh, you know, um, brighten up and um, 
you know, it's, it just means illuminate, yeah, bringing right. uh, light into darkness, uh, bringing light into darkness. So when you were at this theological seminary in Texas, what made you think, gee, I'm going to start this, this foundation, this nonprofit? Uh, you see, everybody who goes to the theological seminary, they believe they want to be a pastors, they want to be, you know, um, uh, bishops or whatever they want to be, you know, in terms of uh, preaching sure. the gospel. And um, But me, I had a different perspective whenever I went to the theological seminary because of uh, where I come from, the life I lived, the, 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 the things that I lacked and I, the way I saw uh, my other young people, you know, got the same, the same, same way. And the children suffering just the same, same way I was suffering. Uh-huh. And um, I thought I should be able to uh, give a different uh, uh, aspect about this by giving hope, by encouraging them, by inspiring them and, 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 uh, and, and being there for them. Right. Now, it seems like you have a great love for your country. I can really tell that. And so you, you say that your organization promotes cross-cultural competency and intelligence training, and it's tailored around college students, uh, high school students, Bible college and university students. And it says that your goal is to offer global platforms that promote and enhance connectivity, inspiring, motivating, and empowering the youth to, be, to uh, become grassroots change agents in their respective yes. countries and in the world at large. And I love that idea. I love that you mm. bring them there, that they can learn about Kenya and take that back home and, yes. you know, really promote some pride and, and, and teaching opportunities for them. Now, is yeah. your hope that they come and they stay in Kenya? Yeah, actually what we are doing as Angaza Lives Kenya, you will realize that uh, many uh, universities and many colleges and many high schools, they do what we call volunteer programs. Mm-hmm. Now, volunteer programs is absolutely uh, something different from what we as Angaza Lives Kenya do. Um, what happens with the volunteer programs is is whereby somebody is doing a different uh uh, a profession or studying a different career, um, and but they come to Africa to assist in charity programs, in an orphanage or in a hospital. Now that is volunteer programs. However, what we as ALK do is we do what we call um, cross-cultural study tours. Mm-hmm. Cross-cultural study tours is whereby we are able to tailor specific programs for specific students. Um, For example, if you are a dental student from uh, Canada Mm -hmm. and you want to come to Kenya, you will realize that the reasons or the reasons to why people have teeth problem or dental problems in in, in uh, um, Canada is actually different with the causes, the same uh, causes of, of, of uh, teeth problem in Africa. Right, right. So, so we, we bring you so that we bring you to Kenya to, and we take you to the places whereby we have people experiencing the same teeth problem so that you can, we can engage you there and be able to practice there and be able to add value on your own profession. So it is not majorly 
uh, is not really about helping our people, mm-hmm. but it is a mutual benefit whereby while you are helping our people, you are adding value to your own profession. And I love how how you you know have these trips and they and they go um, on safari and they go to the museum in Nairobi, the National Museum, and you take them to all these places. But what I really like because I've been watching your videos is how you really yes. stress the safety. You really you know stress the safety of of your country. I just want to ask Rochelle, have you ever been to Africa, Rochelle? I have not. No, it's on my list of places to get to though. Do you have a question? <laughs> any questions for him about it? You know, I mean, like, how do I not get eaten by a lion if I come visit your country? I'm a little bit afraid of all of those lions you guys have. That's a good question, you know, Rochelle, because I looked at a picture. You have a picture at the um, at the safari uh, at Massey, and yes. there, the whole, the bunch of people are in a Jeep, and there's a cheetah sitting right on top of the Jeep, and you have no glass window. Like, how are they no, not eating those people? No, there is That's glass a good question, window. Rochelle. I'm like, eat like it's no big deal, but I'm from Tennessee. We don't have cheetahs here. <laughs> now, 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 here is the interesting part about this program. You see, when we are bringing, for example, the dental students, we are not bringing a dental students only from Canada. Right. We gather others from the U.S., from Australia, from China, from um, uh, Slovakia, where we have our partnership from the U.K. And now you have a group of dental students from different parts of the world, including Kenya itself. And now you give them a very a platform of cross-cultural, uh, you know, engagement and interaction, which is absolutely different from what other people do. Absolutely, it's different. But I love yeah. how, you know, so what, answer the question, though. How do they not get eaten? <laughs> oh, they, they, <laughs> they don't get eaten because actually you, 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 you were able just to see from afar. But they, all our vehicles um, have the have what we call the, the screens and the windows. Our oh, vehicles okay. also always have the windows. Nobody is get eaten by the, the animals. So it's safe. It's safe. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I'll come visit now, but it's safe. You better come. You better come. <laughs> you know, I was, I was looking at the Chinese students talk about the, um, you know, the, the hostel, where like the hotel where they're staying or, or, you know, the rooms that they have and the food that you give them. They, they really seem to really like your fish. And oh, yeah. Yeah, they like the food, and they, they really enjoy it. So we're, we got about two minutes before we go to break. How much would it cost, you know, for somebody? Could I just go and volunteer by myself? Does it have to be a group that comes? How much would it cost me personally, let's say, if I wanted to come and volunteer for a week or two? Oh, if you want to volunteer for a week or two, if you are alone, uh, it will take – for every uh, participant, we charge about uh, 1980 Okay. Uh, US dollars, uh, mm-hmm. and that takes care of all the, uh, the you are stay in Kenya, and all other activities you will be engaged in, and all other uh, things that you will you know the trips that you will be go- going. Really, you, that's fantastic. You will not, yeah. You will not pay on a, any other thing. Uh, you will just pay one thousand eight hundred, uh, one thousand nine hundred and eighty uh, US dollars. And, and then I could go, I would work in the orphanage or I might work at the hospital or teach or do something like yes, that. Yes, yes. Nice. And including all the trips that you have seen there uh, on our, whatever, uh, the Masai Mara yeah. trip. You to the United Nations and to the, the, Nations, the, National the safari. Museum, to the safari. It will, it's included in that. You That's will a fantastic do- opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's why you you see we are doing that for high school uh, students also from uh, from China and uh, from mm-hmm. Australia, from the US, and we put them together for such. And it's a very great experience because we sharpen their cultural intelligence. Right. Because right. the because because the world has become a global village, and uh, everywhere you go, you will have to experience diversity of people. So this is true. We well, we're going. Yeah. I'm going to cut you off for one moment because we do have to go to a commercial break. But we will that's be okay. back with Sir Isaac and Detchi and Rochelle Decker. Just a moment. We're just getting warmed up. Frankie Sense and more. We'll be right back after we pay the bills. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff. And find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. Have you ever considered dancing your way to fitness? It may be time for you to find innovative things to add to your fitness program. Variety is always good, not only for your body, but also for your mind. I want to encourage you to add aerobic dance to your exercise routine. Dancing has become so popular because of television shows like Dancing with the Stars. Aerobic dance classes get your heart rate up and sustains it while you work almost every muscle in your body. It allows you to let go and to release any stress that you're carrying while you get a fun and energetic workout. You don't need to be coordinated or a great dancer. Just step into a class or rent a DVD and let loose. Aerobic dance is a wonderful form of cardio exercise and a fun way to get in shape. I'm Annette Hammond. If you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook. And we're back at Frankie Sensamori. I'm your host, Frankie Picasso. And we're here with my guests, are Isaac Andeche and Rochelle Decker. And coming up later in the program, you're going to meet Brent Marchat, our movie critic. Yeah. Well, we were just talking a, bit, a little bit off, offline, too, with Sir Isaac. But one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was this program where you bring, um, where, where you bring people back home. So around the world, the people who, you know, originally, the, I guess the African-Americans or the people in, you know, I don't know, the Caribbean the or wherever, you bring them back. You bring them back yes. to, to yes. visit their homeland, to see what it is, what life would have been like for them had they stayed, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we call it Back to Roots program. Right. And um, the Back to Roots program actually is uh, meant for teen- to bring together the Kenyan teenagers uh, born, raised, and living in diaspora uh-huh. uh, for what we call um, uh, cultural Kenyan cultural in uh, heritage program. Um, it's a very important program because we were a- we are able to connect our young people uh, to our own ancestors. 
ancestral values and cultures, uh, you know, festivals and beliefs and religions, which is very important because we give them a sense of belonging. Now, right. I've, I've got to bring in here the history of uh, the uh, President uh, uh, Obama. You know, he struggled to get back home. Mm-hmm. To get uh, to, to to get to his people, and right. um, this is what we want to we want to try and and, and and cut off completely and be able to connect the, our our young people back home. Because you realize when they when they get the, the citizenship in other countries, they forget about home. Right. Right. They, for, yeah. they forget about home, and when they come visiting uh, in Kenya, you realize that it is. Um, uh, they, they 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 get lost in between there. They don't fit in the society. They are struggling to talk the language. They are struggling to um, they are struggling to uh, you know relate with other people. So we are trying to we are trying to make sure that we are connecting them back to uh, the roots where they come from. And uh, so, what, what's such, the national what's the national language? Oh, the national language is Swahili. It's, it's Swahili. Swahili. Okay. Yeah. And and but your volunteers do all your volunteers have to speak English? Oh, during the uh during such a cross cultural study tours is yeah. uh completely English. But when it comes to when it comes to um when it comes to back to roots, they speak Swahili. We bring them okay. into Swahili. Yeah. Nice. I just want to mention you've got three children. And Rochelle, this, yes. this is so great. The names of your children are precious treasure and shalom mm-hmm. so now mm. are those typical names uh no those are uh, the, the 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 names that i call them the other names are uh, for example like the first one is called the mweka m w e k a which mweka means mweka means a learning person somebody who is learning okay and um, and then my son has uh, my two sons have got my names Andeche. So yeah, but uh, precious means precious as it is. Treasure uh, means the same same. Shalom means peace. Yeah, that's how it is. That's great. I thought, I thought they were really <laughs> really cute names. I was wondering if Sir was was actually your first name. Oh or- yeah, that's very interesting to note. You've got yeah. to re- my father. He used to be a, a chef uh, okay. during the colonial times. My father was born in 1920, and um, of course he passed away. So during the time when I was born, the boss came and saw me when, when I was young. And the boss said, this boy, I'm going to call him sir. So my father bega- began to call me sir. And that's oh. how, when I grew up, I answered the name. I, I was proud of the name. And I've yeah. never let it go. I've never let it go. I will, whether the queen calls me sir or not, I'm going yeah. go to. I thought that was your name. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. Rochelle, your dad, your, your, your grandparents were missionaries. And they your were. dad was born abroad. Where was he born again? Uh, in Irian Jaya, which is in Indonesia. Okay. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah. actually uh, lived over there for 20 years on my father's side. And then on my mother's side, her uh, parents were missionaries in Papua New Guinea for 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we have, and then I have an uncle who lives in Australia. I have um, 
parents or aunts and uncles that lived in Brazil. So we have missionaries all over the country on both sides of the family. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my and grandpa have been to Africa so many times they could probably speak to you in Swahili if they were here right now. They're not. Oh. So <laughs> I know Swahili, but um, yeah, Africa definitely runs the the culture itself runs deep within my family just because of their you know missionary history and how many times I've been there and and the reverence they have for the country and the people. So it's pretty cool um, to hear you talk about a country that's almost connected to me, but not quite. I really do need to get out there and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, see it for myself. That's well, by the time you go there, you probably will speak Swahili. I'm sure you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll brush up on we will it. Def- <laughs> we will definitely teach her how to speak Swahili. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to come too. I'm going to, oh, um, sure. we're going to come back to Angazi live, but I want to, yes. let's talk to Rochelle for a second because I'm really excited. I had Rochelle here when, with her debut novel, The Choosing. And for those who don't know her, she is the eldest daughter of the New York Times bestselling author, Ted Decker. And not only is she following in her father's footsteps, but she is as talented and maybe if not more at storytelling than he is. And I predict a very long and successful career for her. The, as I said, her first novel was called The Choosing. And this is a series called the, Seer, the, the Sears series. And so um, it was critically acclaimed success. And now we have The Calling. And Rochelle graduated with a degree in communications. She spent several years in marketing and corporate recruiting before she made her transition to writing full-time. And she lives in my favorite city, Nashville, with her husband, Daniel, and her diva cat, Blair. So, (laughs) Rochelle, (laughs) you know, the second book, I can't help but compare you to your dad because I have read absolutely everything he's ever written. I'm Mm -hmm. like a huge, huge fan. And so, um, you know, reading this, I go, wow, she's she's like, really good she's like getting as good as dad and i know that he's got a course out right now but let's let's talk about the calling can you give us um kind of a brief synopsis of the choosing without giving away the whole book have you tried that one yeah um i mean the choosing takes place in a post-apocalyptic uh scenario um where the world is kind of trying to find its way once again and they were reverted back to a real Judaic way of living where people they're in a class system and people are only worth uh, the class they were born into. It's very um, uh, male, female driven based on your worth and your identity. And uh, women are really raised um, and produced to be brides to then uh, raise and produce heirs and children. Um, But their entire identity and world is wrapped up in being chosen by a man and at the beginning of the cho- choosing, in the first page, we meet our uh, lead uh, girl, our lead character, Carrington, and she is not chosen, um, which then kind of spirals this whole journey of her having to figure out her worth, even though she's been cast out of a society that she spent her entire life, you know, preparing to be a wife and to be chosen by a man and now to have all of her identity stripped and to be told she's worth nothing and to be told, you know, she's, you know, um, not even worthy of being part of the society. And how do you really find your identity in those circumstances? Um, and, you know, we kind of have obviously a, a resolution of that at the end of the novel. Um, and she 
you know, I think she does find her identity, which mm-hmm. just continues to launch this rebellion within the city of uh, people who are saying, wait, this doesn't really quite feel right. Um, I don't want to say much more than that. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. So the calling happens about a year and a bit after the choosing uh-huh. ends. It does. Um, and, and so we have these characters, Carrington and Remco. And Remco mm-hmm. is kind of like the, the head of uh, the of this novel he, he he's her yeah. husband uh-huh. and 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 they have a baby they and do. and so here we go so carrington is a believer she's a believer in um god and she's a believer in you know the way and yeah. remco isn't but he goes along because he loves her so much that right. his faith isn't hasn't caught up to to her so you, there's a lot of talk about letting go and remembering it's a big thread that you weave through both books Mm-hmm. And this one is a little bit more about fear. So what do you mean by letting go and remembering? I think that uh, I'm a big believer that everybody, I think deep down um, in their true spirit nature knows that they're called to something greater than this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of times we forget because we let the world dictate our worth and our significance. And we forget that we are not, um, you know, worldly beings having spiritual experiences. We're spiritual beings having worldly experiences. Um, right. And so in this, so when I say letting go and remembering, I mean, let go of the stipulations and the rules and the roles and the false identity that the world has put on you and remember that you are so much more than you believe. Um, that you come from a place of deep, a deep spiritual, true nature that is grounded beyond this world. And yes, we're having this experience. And yes, we deal with uh, uh, all the things becoming uh, in, everything we're faced with. And there will be troubles and there will be trials, but we are far more than this. So don't get stuck here. Remember who your true father is um, so that you can, you know, see that in your true nature, you can face anything. That's, I think, really the whole theme of identity taken to a very deep level throughout the entire series. We talk a lot about that in book three, which is coming out next year as well. So um, it's definitely a continued theme through all three. So it's this idea that it really doesn't matter what happens to us here because this is like a blip in in our spiritual life, in our soul's life, and we're going to move on when we die to something better or greater. Yeah. Is that, is that kind of what, what you mean? Well, yeah. I mean, we all, we all die. That's inescapable. Right. Um, And so fear not for death comes for all of us at one point or another. So then what's the purpose of this life? And I really believe for me, I'm kind of on this journey of discovery myself is the purpose is to discover who we really are is to remember that this world is just a blimp, that we are called for an eternity far beyond, um, you know, what this world says we are. And I'm going to stop you there, Rochelle. We're going to go to a break. Let's let let people think about that. You know, who are you? What are you? Stick stick around. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. Just getting warmed up. Frankie Sense and more will be right back after we pay the bills. It's merging. 
wonder about the origin of Murphy's Law. You know the maxim that if anything can go wrong, it will. Murphy's Law was named after Captain Edward A. Murphy, an engineer working at Edwards Air Force Base in 1949. Captain Murphy was working on a project designed to measure how much sudden deceleration a human could stand in a crash. After discovering a transducer constructed for the experiment was wired wrong, Murphy squabashed the technician responsible by exclaiming, If there's any way to do it wrong, you'll find it. In other words, circumvent mistakes and miscavables before they happen. Aerospace manufacturers began quoting Murphy's Law to their engineers, and soon it became an eponym. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. Hot yoga is popular, and many people love it. But the resounding question is does it burn more calories than regular yoga? Most people perspire heavily during class because the room temperature is so hot. They feel like they're working really hard, working up a sweat and burning loads of calories. Fitness Magazine states that hot yoga is not necessarily melting more fat. Your heart rate increases during hot yoga because blood vessels dilate to increase blood flow to the skin to help your body cool down, not because you're burning more calories. The article states that you can burn the same amount of calories sitting in a chair for 15 minutes as you do sitting in a sauna. Remember, it's not the temperature of the room that produces a bigger burn. It's the intensity and muscle challenges of yoga poses. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. And we're back at Frankie Sent Some More. I'm your host, Frankie Picasso. We're talking to Rochelle Decker and Sir Isaac Candeche. So, um, Rochelle, when we left for break, we were talking about the theme about finding ourselves and finding out who we are. And while we were on break, um, Isaac, you, you said that we find ourselves through... Uh, one way to find ourselves is is through the struggles that we have. We find out who we are. And I, I kind of definitely agree with that. Uh, yeah. The challenges that, that we have, you know... I, I, in some ways, they define us. I think people don't know how strong they are until they're put against themselves in a situation. Um, we never know how we're going to react or, or, you know, who we are. But um, I, I do believe that that it is those obstacles that help define us, and, and we figure out who who we really are by that. Mm. What do you guys think, Rochelle? Uh, yeah, um, I think. Definitely. I think when we um, are faced with challenges, then we get to ask ourselves, okay, how do I want to react to this? Uh, what do I want the outcome of the situation to be for me? I think people forget how much control they have, in a sense. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's easy to um, give in when things get hard. It's easy to uh, play the victim. It's easy to say, well, this is just what life is, and this is just the cards I was handed, and I guess my life is just going to suck. <laughs> um, yeah. Easy to suffer. It's and, and all that's fine, When, but it's those moments when you decide, no, I'm not going to let this circumstance overpower me. I'm going to choose to react um, with humility and be positive and know that they're, that, you know, climbing this mountain means I get to get to the top. Um, and, and really 
coming into contact with resistance and being stronger than that, being stronger than um, your circumstances. I think those are the moments that really help define you and give you power and strength and confidence to, you know, recognize that you are more than you believe. I think, you know, I think in your book, Carrington showed that and, and Ramco when faced with, you know, uh, his fear, he, he, anger was kind of his thing, you know, Mm -hmm. he got angry about it. And, and that's a, that's a natural reaction, you know, to be angry or you can be the martyr or whatever. Isaac, when you were growing up, I mean, you grew up, you know, as 11th child in a household, you weren't allowed to get your second grade education because you couldn't afford it. But look at how far you've come. Mm -hmm. Yes. Look at how how your life today and what you've accomplished. It's amazing. Let me talk about that because, you know, we grow through the challenges of life. We mature through the challenges of life. Mm-hmm. When my wife walked out on me just because I don't have anything to offer, because that's what the father said, and that's what she said, that, look, you are just a keyboard player in the church. What can you offer us? You can no car, no house, no nothing. So what can you offer us? And so she walked out on me. During that time, I could have committed suicide. I oh. almost committed suicide. Did you have children and then? I, yes, we had. The oh my children. gosh! And she didn't know when she married you that you didn't have those things. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is, this is amazing. You know, I don't know whether they forget along the line. You know, you never know. <laughs> but 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 what 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 came into my mind was, look, Isaac, this is what was said. But who do you really are? Mm-hmm. Who do you think yourself are? Because now the ability of reasoning soundly came in. I looked at the situation. I looked at what they were saying. And I looked at who I really think I am. So the driving force was, who do I, who am I? Mm-hmm. And then I looked at my children and I said, for the sake of who I know I am, and for the sake of my children, I will pull through. Mm-hmm. And now I yeah. began to work on my vision. I began to work on my dreams. I began to work on what I believed that it is what God has called me to do. Yeah. And I diligently work on it with honesty, with sincerity, with people. People don't believe of organizations that work in Africa. They think all organizations are dubious. They think, right. you know, this has come. But look, That's true. Chinese sent me over $50,000 US dollars to host their children. And they sent that two weeks or three weeks before the arrival of their students. Right. And, and those kids love the experience. And they love experience. Now, it, it, this came as a result of having believed of who I think and who mm-hmm. I know. I am. Mm-hmm. But if, if the challenges were not there, I wouldn't have looked at myself from that perspective. Yeah. I think I would be still in my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So God had to take me into that to be able to allow me to look at myself from a different perspective and be able to build myself under his grace to become who I am. I think that's awesome. I mean, it just goes to show that Everything does happen for a reason. I know that's cliche. It sounds like, oh, that's what people say when things are going well. But Mm -hmm. it does because, you know, you like you just, you know, were a testimony for 
had you not been faced with those challenges, you wouldn't have had the opportunity to, to really discover and own and know who you are. Um, and that's an incredible lesson that you now get to impart on all the people that you touch. It was so crucial that you had those experiences, um, which I think is just a really nice reminder to all of us that, you know, tough times are going to come. You cannot escape mm. trials. That is definitely mm. true. Nobody mm. gets away unscathed. And, mm. um, but being scathed does not make you broken. It makes you strong. Mm. I I almost think it's the wake up call for us. I think that, you know, I had a major accident in in, um, 2003 and that was the beginning of of my spiritual journey again. And I think that that is really the wake up call and where we remember, where we begin to remember who we are and why we're here because we forget. You know, and then, like you said, Rochelle, we forget, and then it's remembering and forgetting, and and so then it was, oh, now I know my purpose. My purpose is, you know, to to help people or or to help people change or, you know, be a philanthropist or or start a radio show that's positive and socially conscious and and do that. And so I think that that is the wake up call, and and that's one way that we are woken up is through these challenges and how we react to those challenges and those obstacles that come before us, uh, make us. You know, they help uh, define us, but they also wake us up. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, uh, uh. So it, it's, it's interesting how some people, um, you know, remember and some people don't remember. Yeah. And they get caught in the lower energies. And, and like you said, you know, the ones who are, are going to be the martyrs are the ones who are going, uh, you know, to sit in and go, why me, why me, poor me. Uh-huh. Or the others who just pull up their bootstraps and say, hey, you know what, we're going to get on with this. Yeah. And make something of myself. And I, and I like to think that the forgetting is important too, because only when we forget do we have the incredible opportunity to remember. So mm-hmm. I just think that every point and moment on the journey is necessary, yeah. uh, which gives me great peace and hope to know that I'm never given or dealt anything that I can't handle and that isn't purposeful. Um, which is important because, you know, life really knows how to throw it. <laughs> it does. You know, on Tuesday, I, I'm just going to throw this in here. On Tuesday, I interviewed a woman who lost her child to brain cancer. He was four years old. And because of the loss of her child, she started a foundation for other parents, you know, to raise awareness and raise money because she didn't want another parent to have to go through what she went through. Yeah. So, exactly. it, you know, she had no idea what her purpose was in life no idea she had never done anything like this before and yet through that loss she awoke mm-hmm. and 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 i think that's what makes your characters believable actually let me say something here rajel you see yep. uh, under alk there is a ministry that we call which is not actually on the website but that's a ministry part of me we call it men alive summit and Men Alive Summit is a ministry that reaches out to separated, divorced, widower, and single fathers. It's a man affair. Mm-hmm. And I began that because of the experience which I went through when I through divorce. The society criminalizes the man, victimizes the man, blames mm-hmm. the man. Even when the man is innocent, no one listens to the man. No yeah. one reaches out to the man. Mm-hmm. And then you will be told as a man, man, 
you take it up. You you know, you're a man. You know, you're a man. Take it, take it. You're a man. Mm -hmm. And and pain does not know gender. That's true. Pain okay. does not know gender. That so, is so true. I, 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 I am I'm picking up these guys and tell them, look, actually, as I'm saying, as I'm talking to you right now, a young man has just committed suicide in Kenya because the wife walked away from him. And the young man is one of those brilliant pastors oh. that I have ever known today. Mm. He's, he will be buried on 5th. So uh, if I was there, I would have reached out to him quickly and tell right. him, hey, man, you know what? I've been through this, but I came up strong. Yeah. So, 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 so what we go through actually exposes us to the will of God, to mm -hmm. the calling of God, to mm -hmm. the direction and the purpose uh, of God for our lives on earth. Yes. Yeah. It's sad, though, that, that you know, here's a pastor who didn't have enough faith in God. I think that God will take carry him through. Mm -hmm. But it, the weight of a divorce, I'm telling you, is 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 bad than any other thing. Yeah. Is bad. Is mm -hmm. bad. Yeah. Well, and the, for, the, and the, the forgetting of who you really are is powerful. I mean, it's, it, exactly. if you give power to it, it can destroy you. Uh, exactly. So it, it really it really takes belief. You said belief earlier, which I think is a really key word. You have to mm. believe that. Mm. Even if you don't feel like your true self, even if you, you don't uh, know and you keep forgetting, you have to believe that, you know, God is always there and that mm. your the true nature of who you are exists underneath all of the troubles that the world throws you. Belief is incredibly important. Um, but sometimes in the darkness, it is super hard to remember. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Like when you're yeah. losing a child or something, that's oh, really God. hard I to remember. Imagine. So what we say is that you need to develop that belief even before you enter into the mess. Yes. yes. You need to develop that belief in yourself mm -hmm. before you get into that because the perilous times will always come. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it is yeah. what you believe before you enter into perilous times that will navigate you through. Absolutely. But you see, it, the problem is that we're socialized. We're socialized in, so much that we don't know who we are yeah. because it's mm -hmm. taken out of us. It's taken away from us. And that's why, you know, we have to remember who we are, uh, not the people who, you know, who told us who we are, but from yeah. ourselves and inside ourselves. We're yeah. about to go to a break in a few, in a few seconds. But um, when we come back, we're going to talk about this a little bit more. We're going to meet Brent Marchand. He's going to talk to us about, you know, movies with meaning. And one of the movies coming up will be Miracles from Heaven, which is a new movie. It's pretty exciting. So oh, wow. stick around. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere because we got lots more coming up for you guys. We're just getting warmed up. Frankie Sense and more will be right back after we pay the bills. you ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner? Do you need more laughter and less loudness? More self-love and less self-loathing? More joy and less judgment? You're not alone. Come to the living room a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We are saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today.
It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Nuts are an overall good choice for snacking. Almonds are my favorite nut, and I try to include them in my daily eating. Almonds have more calcium than any other nut. They are low in carbs, but high in fiber and protein. Studies show that eating almonds and other nuts will give you a feeling of fullness longer and help you eat fewer calories throughout the day. 12 almonds are under 100 calories and very satisfying. Peanuts are another good choice. Health Magazine says that like most other nuts, peanuts are also full of brain-boosting healthy fats and vitamin E as well. One ounce of peanuts, about 28 unshelled nuts, contains about 170 calories, 7 grams of protein, and 14 grams of fat. Eating nuts helps your brain power and reduces inflammation. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook. And we're back. It's Frankie Sense and More, and I am your host, Frankie Picasso. It is the end of the month, and you know what that means. We're going to the movies. Please welcome Brent Marchand, our movie critic and correspondent. Well, Brent, what do you think? What's Hi, Frankie. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks doing so much great. for having me back. Yeah, you've got some wonderful movies we're going to discuss. I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, really. It you know usually this time of year is kind of a it's kind of a cinematic wasteland because the the studios and distributors are kind of dumping the things that they don't have a lot of confidence in. Right. But this year they put a lot of really good stuff out. Plus, you still got a few movies that are sort of holdovers from the end of last year's award season. So there's really quite a bit out there right now. Well, which one did you want to start with? Well, the one that I like right now, it's it's timely (laughs) because of, you know, the most recent uh, Easter holiday. It's called Miracles from Heaven. Oh, great. Uh, And it's the story of a young mother who is um, very deeply involved with her faith. And um, suddenly her 10-year-old daughter becomes gravely ill. Uh, And it seems like everything that she tries to um, do to take care of her isn't working out, uh, which causes her to question her faith. She wonders why a supposedly loving God would allow these kinds of things to happen to her. Um, And yet, also, she also knows that miracles are possible. So she decides to pursue some different paths, um, pursue her own course of faith to see what will happen, and the result is quite stunning. Um, And it's a picture that is really a lot better than a lot of the movies that come out in the sort of faith-based genre. A lot of them tend to be kind of... They tend to be kind of corny. They tend to be kind of one-dimensional. Um, but this one takes some chances that uh, that genre usually does not do. And um, it doesn't rely on a lot of moralizing or evangelizing to make its point, uh, nor does it rely heavily on a, a purely religious approach to things. It takes more of a spiritual or metaphysical bent on things. And um, it's really worth seeing, very inspiring. Well, it's interesting because we, we were having that conversation through the show, actually, um, about faith. And, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of an interesting, uh, you know, how, uh, losing faith and, and having faith. And, you know, you know, does it mean that God's not there because something bad happens? Right? And also, you know, looking for miracles for what they are. I mean, so many times I think we've become accustomed to the idea that there are these, uh, you know, sort of... Um, Ten Commandments kind of events where the skies part and sparks fly and, you know, uh, all kinds of uh, huge special effect <laughs> occurrences take yeah. place before you. But they're not. They occur in very small ways. Um, and they occur in ways. 
I have it, not, but I've seen previews for it. Many yeah, times me too. It's like Jennifer Gardner in it. It looks very good. It does. Yeah, it really it is. It's a true story. It's a true story. Yeah. I like true stories. So that one's fun. Uh, that uh-huh. one, uh, given that Easter has passed and this was an Easter release, I'm not sure how much longer it's going to be around. So if you want to see it, I would say go get it while you still have the chance. Right. Um, but it's definitely worth it. Uh, another movie that offers some hope is the new Sally Field comedy called Hello, My Name is Doris. That looks so fun. It's really a really, it's a good time. It's delightful. Um, tells the story of an eccentric spinster who has uh, spent her entire life uh, living with her aging mother. And um, she, her mother recently passes, so she's kind of left alone. And as she's entering her own senior years, um, having spent so many years taking care of her mother, it, she sort of feels like life has passed her by. Yet an opportunity arises for her to uh, start taking her life in a very different direction. And it's, uh, it's new territory she's a for her. <laughs> yeah. She's a hottie. Yeah. Um, it, it's a movie that's uh, it's a theme that's come out in a number of movies in recent years, but this one takes a slightly different bent in the fact that it's a little bit. Um, kookier in some ways in terms of uh the character and the things that she does well, uh, has, in an interview where she said she's not a, it's not a cougar movie true yes very much so very much yeah. so um and she's delightful um this is um this is a performance that i'm really hoping does not get lost um come award season um it, with the fact that it's coming out this early in the year a lot of times movies with good performances, tend to get overlooked when award season rolls around, but she's great. Uh, so this is really another one that's uh, it's a lot of fun. Well, Eye in the Sky is really interesting, and, and our guest, Sir Isaac, is from Kenya, and this movie is based in Kenya, so this should be interesting wow. for him. Yeah, Eye in the Sky, uh, it's, it's very similar to another movie that came out um, not too long ago from Denmark called A War, mm-hmm. where the, the notion of um, the ethics of wartime gets debated. Um, and uh, basically, this is a huge uh, theme. yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, it, 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 in both of those films, it, the question gets raised: Can, can you really have uh, rules that govern in a time of conflict and combat where essentially all bets are off? Well, this um, is like morality versus security. Yes, exactly. World security. Um, and in, and in many ways, um, it, in a war, the movie that came out first, it was that was treated very much in a straightforward, dramatic fashion. But in Eye in the Sky, it's treated with, as, a, as a drama, but also there's an underlying current of satire running through it. It's a very fine line to walk to, to be able to pull that off and have it be effective. Um, in many ways, it kind of reminds me of the old Peter Sellers movie, Dr. Strangelove, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. when everyone is debating whether or not they should go ahead with a drone strike, considering the consequences of it, everybody's passing the buck. They think, well, this needs to be done, but I'm not going to be the one to make the decision. If you haven't <laughs> so. seen the, the trailer, the trailer is there's, there's a house full of um, the, these guys that are strapping you know, dynamite to themselves. They're going to go and blow up a whole bunch of people somewhere, and there's a drone above you know, uh, seeing all of this, but there's a young girl skipping in the yard outside the house. So yes. here's the morality. Do we do we take does one person, the death of one person, is it, you know, is it worth saving all these other people or not? And that's their dilemma. And, and everybody everybody who's involved with making the decision keeps passing the buck because they know that, well, I think we need to do this, but I'm not gonna be the one to push the button. Yeah. Right. 
it's a it's a really you know it's a hard decision to make it really is it really is i don't know what the right decision is it it features a a number of wonderful performances too uh helen mirren as always is just terrific my favorite she's my favorite and um and, um, it also features the last um live action performance by alan rickman oh i love Ah. Alan. yeah he has another movie coming out where he's doing a voice for it but this is the last one where he appeared actually on screen Mm-hmm. Um, and he plays a, a soldier who um, knows the consequences very well of, of the actions involved here. Hmm. Uh, on a lighter note, uh, for people who have, ca- who have cable television, I would really strongly recommend a new documentary called Everything is Copy, which is a uh, documentary about the uh, writer and filmmaker Nora Ephron, who made such wonderful movies as oh, When Harry Met Sally, Sleepless in Seattle, Julia and Julia. Uh, it's put together by her son, Jacob Bernstein. Uh, and it's a really a loving tribute to his mother's work and to everything that she did through the years with all these great movies that she, uh, that she created. And it features a lot of interviews from the people who worked with her, like Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, Meryl Streep, uh, Steven Spielberg, um, and people who knew her like uh, Barbara Walters and Liz Smith and uh, Mike Nichols. I mean, it's really got quite a, quite a cast. That's of heavy amazing. Hitters. Yeah. Yeah, that looks amazing. I can't wait to watch that. I want to go back to that theme for a moment. I'm, I'm interested to see what, what, Isaac, you have to say about, about morality versus security, because I know security is a big issue for you. So yeah, exactly. what would you say? What would you say? You've got, you know, terrorists who want to go and blow up, you know, a building or a bunch of people, unsuspecting people, like just happened in Belgium, let's say in the subway system, or you've yeah. got, you know, the death of one child. You know, if they take out the target, there's one little girl who, who will die with them. What, what, you know, what's right and what's wrong? What do you think? Well, one of the things that I know about uh, the issue of uh, terrorism is the fact that um, uh, it is a, a global problem. It's a mm-hmm. global issue. Uh, it is not. It's not. We cannot say that it is a, an African or. Oh no 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 no! That wasn't yeah. in, implied. So, no no no. I, I know. I know. I know that. I know that. But what I'm simply saying is that when what goes through the mind of the people that are doing this, for me, I describe it as totally demonic. Mm-hmm. Very demonic, and um, and. Uh, because you would wonder what actually one would achieve by killing someone. Definitely, there is no, there is no, there is no reason to. There's not no benefit in that. There's no experience in that. No. However, however, it is, it is, um, it is something that I believe deep inside me that um, uh, the, 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 we are the global, uh, the, the 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 world as it is, we should be able to look into how to curb what is happening because, honestly speaking, uh, it's something that is disturbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's extremely disturbing. Uh, it's really you know, disturbing. The, especially when you're, you're killing um, indiscriminately. You don't even know who mm. you're hurting. There's, mm-hmm. You know, you don't mm-hmm. even know those people. There's not, it's not a crime of passion, really, in a way. It's not, you know, because they did something to you. It's just, hey, I can do it. And, and it's going to hurt other morning. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think, Michelle? <laughs> Hard decision. Yeah, I think I would hope to never be in a situation where I had to make yeah. that choice. 
Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, I am all about, you know, love and equality. And so this, you know, issue of violence that continues to come up um, is is a hard one for me, mostly because, I mean, honestly, I'm pretty naive to it. I mean, I uh, have always grown up in, uh, you know, my, my security has never been in a situation where it's been threatened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel for the world. It breaks my heart, um, you know. But yeah, I think in those situations, I just, I imagine the inner turmoil that must go through a person, both those committing the the acts of terrorism and those having to stop those committing the acts of terrorism, the weight that they have to carry right. um, emotionally and mentally, it just, you know, I just thank God that there are people who are willing, especially, I mean, I mean, you know, those who are keeping us safe, I mean, that they exist because um, I'm very fortunate that they will take on that burden because not everybody would. I mean, eventually the the bucket does stop getting passed and lands with someone who makes a tough call and then they carry that. I just, I don't think you can walk away from that not affected. Um, okay, we've got one minute left. So I'm going to make sure that we get everybody's websites here so people can go on and visit. Brent, thank you so much for bringing us to the movies. It was oh, my wonderful. Pleasure. ALK.OR.KE is the website for Angaza Lies Kenya. Rochelle, your website is? RochelleDecker.com. There you go, with two Ks, Mm -hmm. RochelleDecker.com. Again, everybody, thank you so much for being my guest today. You are amazing, wonderful people. I'm so glad that you're in my life, and I'm so glad that others get to meet you through the show. Thank you so much. Thank you, Frankie. Thank you. We need to connect. We need to connect Rochelle. Yes. I will connect the both of you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, okay, no thank worries. you so much. Thank you, Karina. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> Shit, now you.